Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of God. Hello, this is Rick, and welcome to the Presence Podcast, episode number 261. Yes, you hear the echo. That means I'm in my classroom once again, recording my Tuesday podcast on Wednesday morning, about the same time I recorded yesterday's, which was Monday's uh, edition. Again, as I said before, I don't love doing this, but it happens. Last night it was laundry folding that kept me later than I wanted to, getting to bed by 11, which really should be 10, but it's 11, is a priority. So if I need to push this to the next day, that is what I'm going to do. Got to take care of my health, my sleep, you know. Yesterday, though, Tuesday, was a day in which I kept my eyes, my ears, and my soul open to experience the presence of God. And I did, throughout the day, of course, but I knew there was a moment early in the day that was particularly significant, and it was a story that I heard on NPR radio. Now, I drive to school each morning, and some mornings I listen to NPR but I tend to listen to various podcasts. Um, Usually it's uh, different types, humor or something inspirational, rather than the news of the day, which more often than not can be kind of aggravating these days, to uh, put it mildly. But yesterday I, I did have it on, and I heard two stories back to back. One was sad about the um, remnants of Florence, the hurricane, and the rain, and the hardship that it has caused people, the displacement, the homelessness. And that was particularly um, just heartbreaking to hear that so many people have been affected, especially the poor and disabled and elderly. Now, I don't know if NPR did this intentionally, but the next story, the very next story, was a heartwarming story. And it was only about two minutes in length, but it it made an impact on me, so much so that I shared it with my students. Now, I used to, last year, share quite a bit of new stories with my students. Too much. Too many stories. Too much political, and it just was overkill. So I, I really avoided doing that this year. But this story I thought was something special. So I'm going to post a link to the audio of NPR and also the New York Times ran an article on this yesterday and I will tweet those and um, put those on my sites for the podcast. But the story is simple. In Cincinnati, which is the next big city south of where I live, I live here in Columbus, outside of Cincinnati, A um, little boy, Brody Allen, two years old, was diagnosed with a very rare, deadly form of brain cancer. And he was given only a few months to live. Well, Brody, one of the things that he really particularly likes is lights, Christmas lights specifically. So his family went out onto social media and asked for lights. That's all they asked for because they didn't want to buy too many and they didn't have too many Christmas lights of their own. Well, people started sending lights, but then they went even further and started to celebrate Christmas, Christmas in September. 
First it was Brody's neighbors putting up decorations, then it was Christmas cards people were sending, and it has culminated in a parade in Brody's community celebrating Brody and his love of superheroes. So the story is heartwarming, how a community could um, do this. The primary voice in the story is, the NPR story is his sister, his 21-year-old sister, talking about her little brother and, and how much this means to him. And um, just, just really very heartwarming, especially in this era of so much cruelness and, and meanness and just harshness to read and hear about kindness writ large for one little boy who probably won't live to see December 25th this year. Now, I know something like this has been done before. This is not unique. And I was thinking about something as I heard this, sort of this question like, why this one little boy? You know, there are thousands, probably you know, tens of thousands of children right now who are very sick and, and dying of cancer and other diseases. And, and they don't get this kind of attention. But this one boy does. And, and is that fair? You know, is that fair to the others that they don't get what Brody is getting? And, you know, I, I, was, I was thinking we could ask, well, why is Brody getting all of this attention? But I think a better question to ask is, why doesn't this happen more often? Why aren't there more communities that lift up and celebrate the families who are suffering with sick and terminally ill children? Now, there probably are. Don't get me wrong. This is extraordinary because it's gotten so much attention. It's gone viral, so to speak. I'm sure there's a lot of unsung stories that are happening out there, people doing this on a daily basis. That being said, why doesn't this happen more? Why don't we care for and celebrate and publicize taking care of people like this, providing something special as a final experience for someone who's very little and very sick like Brody and his family who is suffering with him as well. And why isn't there more kindness? You know, all the energy and the time and the money that we spend on either meanness or on probably much more significantly just triviality, meaninglessness. And why don't we spend more of that on kindness, simple kindness. I don't know. I do not know. But I know that through this story and the fact that I shared it with my students and the fact that NPR and the NY Times and others are lifting this up, I know that hopefully others will be inspired by it and that this won't be a rare occurrence. And I know that God is, is working through this through the message that is getting out, and also especially through the generosity and the kindness of the individuals and the community that is involved. You know, God is love, and wherever there is love and kindness and generosity, 
and goodness, God is present. God is working, whether people acknowledge it or name it as such or not. God is present. So, in conclusion, what news stories have caught your attention recently because of how kind and generous and good the characters, the people, the actors in the story are expressing? And how has that been a revelation of God to you? And most significantly, how has that inspired you and your communities to be more kind, to be more generous, to be more of God's presence in our hurting, broken, divided world. As always, thanks for listening. Blessings and peace.